Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dugout Download, a Houston Chronicle podcast about all things Astros. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Chief Schaefer of the Houston Chronicle, and with me is our Astros beat writer, Matt Kawahara. And Matt, the marathon it is, the baseball season is about to turn into a sprint, scintillating three-team race, shaping up for the last month in the American League West. Yeah, it's going to be the most interesting division race, or it looks like it anyway. Going into September, you have the the Mariners and the Astros are uh, tied, or in a virtual tie for first place, and then the Rangers are a game behind. Obviously, Seattle's been red hot. They had the best record in the majors in August. Uh, Texas has slipped a little bit, and the Astros have sort of kept pace at the top of the division after chasing Texas for a lot of the summer. So it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be down the wire. Looking at the offense for the Astros, a very encouraging August, and there's always the talk of trying to get everybody healthy at the same time. and Really, for the first time all year, with the addition of Michael Brantley, those last two games in Boston, they are. But I'm looking at some of these numbers just for August. The OPS numbers, Bregman, 959, Altuve, 952, Dubon in a part-time role is even 919, Alvarez, 900, Tucker, 898 with eight homers and 25 RBIs, Yiner Diaz, 895, Pena, 881, Jazz McCormick, 862. The lineup is really the best it has been all year, is it not? No, definitely. I think uh, for a lot of the season, they've They've talked about just not being whole. Obviously, they didn't have Altuve for the first 43 games because of the fractured thumb. They missed him for 17 games in the, in July with the oblique injury at the same time that Jordan uh, was out with his oblique injury for three, 39 games. Those two came back at the same time, and that was about as close as they had been to whole for the uh, most of the season because they started, I think, only 13 of the first 102 games in the same lineup. Uh, and then Branley coming back two days ago, this is about probably what they envisioned uh what this lineup could look like and even before Brantley came back for the last few games of that Boston series they were producing at an extremely high rate over that road trip uh you looked at the 78 hits over the last five games of the road trip that's a franchise record for a five game span they scored 52 runs over those five games um it looks like the entire lineup is kind of rounding in a shape at the right time and and they still don't have everybody hot at the same time i think um alvarez for a lot of august was kind of looking for his timing he had a really good week when he came back from the il but he said at the end of it that he really didn't feel like his timing was quite right yet and then you saw that play out over the course of august because he was shooting something like 230 and i think he had a one home run over a span of 20 games or something like that but for the last few games of that trip it seemed like he was delivering swings the way that he normally does he was squaring up balls the way that he normally does with the way that he was doing pre-injury. Tucker had a quiet series in Boston, um, but you know, they, the offense still went off as a whole. Having Altuve at the top, obviously, you just see what the, um, the ripple effect of that is all the way down the line. And for the last two games, they had Brantley in the sixth spot, which uh, before, you know, when he was healthy before, Dusty Baker uh, preferred to have him in the second spot. Um, but you know, because of his long layoff and because of the fact that the top of the lineup is just producing as well as it is, Baker said he didn't really want to break up that alignment. So he slotted uh, Branley in the sixth spot to sort of break up the, the left-handed batch a little bit. But that just makes the lineup so much deeper because you know you get through that top four of Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, and you still have to deal with McCormick. You still have to deal with Brantley now. Diaz, if he's in the lineup, and then Abreu, that, that's a pretty deep order that you have to get through. So yeah, it does look like this offense is about as well as it's been all year. Yeah, you talked about Dusty again, yeah, being able to manipulate the lineup kind of devoid of left-handed hitters when Brantley and Alvarez were both out. Now they've got a couple, and Brantley, 
first came back, but he hit the ball hard all four times, and he had a couple runs scoring hits. And it's hard to say after two games, okay, this is going to be the Michael Brantley of old, but he had a pretty good uh, rehab assignment. And um, it's almost like now that we don't have the waiver wire trade deadline that has been canceled, but it's almost like, okay, they got this another pickup here in late August to, to deepen that lineup. Talking about uh, Yiner Diaz and even Mal- Martin Maldonado, I think, had a, uh, a 759 OPS in August. So he's actually hitting a little bit. But I guess when we're looking at this lineup and its ultimate shape, is Diaz, you mentioned Jose Abreu, is Dusty going to try to get Diaz in as much as he can, either catching at first, Brantley and Alvarez now kind of might be alternating left in DH, although Brantley may get some days off. But can we look forward to seeing Diaz in the lineup most of the time? I don't know about most of the time. I think Diaz is the player who's probably most affected by Brantley coming back because, as you said, uh, he and Alvarez are going to be splitting time in left field in DH. DH was where Diaz was seeing a lot of his time when um, when he wasn't trying the odd start at catcher. Now those at-bats probably aren't going to be there. The indication has been that they're hoping that Abreu does come back and, and play first base regularly. So um, unless that changes, or and we haven't really seen signs that even though they are kind of taking it easy with Abreu as he comes back from the lower back inflammation, um, I think their their goal is to have him in there regularly. So I, I don't see them scaling back Maldonado's uh, time at catcher uh, significantly. Because he does catch Fromber, uh, he catches Verlander, and he has mostly caught Javier. And so I, I, I think you'll see Diaz, you know, he's been paired with Hunter Brown a good amount. He's caught a lot of J.P. Francis starts. I think those are days, and, and maybe if you see like a day game after a night game, that they'll get him in there a catcher. But, um, but I think for at, at the moment, he seems to be the hitter who's going to have his at-bats paired back most as long as Brantley is, is in there getting time. We could talk about every hitter in the lineup, and I ran a lot of things down. Alex Bregman's just looked like his vintage self over the last several weeks. But Jeremy Payne has not hit a home run in a while, but offense has shown up for him. How big a factor is that for them? Yeah, well, it just makes the lineup deeper. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily counting on him as being like a you know heart of the lineup guy or a main producer. I mean, you've seen him mostly in the seven to eight spots, even a couple of starts in the nine spot. Um, as he just tr- tr- worked through the struggles that he's had in the second season, um, a- as you said, he the power numbers have dipped uh, significantly. He hasn't homered in I-, I don't know what it is now, maybe thirty something games. Um, but in over the course of August, he was hitting. He, I mean, he was getting more hits. And in this last road trip, I think you saw him with some more extra base hits. He was driving balls a little bit better. Um, he hit some balls to center field that carried to the wall at Fenway. Um, so, I mean, that's an encouraging sign. I, I, I don't know, again, necessarily that, uh, that it's much more than just making the lineup a little bit deeper. I mean, you talk about Maldonado. I mean, they're never going to expect a lot of offense out of Maldonado. But if you're getting a little bit from the nine spot whenever he's in there, I mean, that, that only helps. So I think, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of depth. And, and the lineup is about as deep as it's been all year right now. Yeah, Payne hit 333 in August, 426 OBP. So you almost, t- almost take that with no home runs. Uh, as we go into September, interesting way the schedule shapes up. They're off every Thursday. And so Dusty Baker at the end of the Boston series said, Jose Arquiti, at least for now, is in the bullpen. We've talked about, will they go to a six-man rotation? How are they going to do this? But now basically, they're, they've got this set schedule. They're going to play every day of the week except Thursdays. But 
how do you look at things shaping up in terms of trying to keep Verlander Valdez every five days? Are we still going to see like some manipulation with that rotation? I would expect that you will. Yeah. And I think you're already seeing it a little bit with this upcoming Yankee series. Um, in the series in Detroit, they had Hunter Brown start uh, the day before Justin Verlander, and they flip-flopped them uh, for this upcoming Yankee series so that Verlander will start the opener Friday. He'll be pitching on four days rest, regular rest, and then they have Brown going Saturday, which gives him actually two days extra rest. But I think that may be a little bit of foreshadowing of what you might see in terms of just making sure that Verlander and Valdez, as long as they're healthy and pitching well are going to be pitching on regular rest so that they get as many turns as possible. And I think you, you, you've also heard that Verlander prefers to pitch on regular rest. I would think Valdez uh, does too. And, and Valdez's last two starts have been very encouraging for him, I think, um, after the sort of up and down second half that he's had. Um, it was a weird August for him because, like, you know, his first, first start of August, he threw a no-hitter. Uh, the next three starts were not particularly good. He gave up something like 16 runs over 19 innings. Then had the seven no-hit innings in Detroit and uh, held the Red Sox scoreless until the, the sixth um, when that inning kind of snowballed on him a little bit. I think stringing those last two uh, together at, to end August gives him a little bit of momentum going into September. But yeah, to your, to your point, I think they will probably try to move it around a little bit so that those guys do pitch regularly. Obviously, they're, they're going to have two extra roster spots and one extra pitcher coming up as soon as September starts. So that will give them a little bit of extra depth in the bullpen. I, I don't necessarily know yet when which way they're going to be going, uh, whether that'll be a long man or just another potential person that they can slot in the middle innings or potentially just for you know late inning depth. But yeah, I think having Urquini there as, as either a swing man or maybe a, a piggyback situation like we saw, he comes in and follows Javier. If Javier has a, a short start or somebody else has a short start, just having that backup will help them. And Dusty has talked about it's this you're trying to get every win you can, yet they're also trying to get Christian Javier righted uh, to a degree because you look at the, you think, okay, you're only going to need four starters come the postseason. Javier was obviously lights out last September, pretty much on in the postseason. And I think, well, is there a scenario where Javier somehow isn't in the postseason rotation? Because as you've written, France and Hunter Brown are the first Astros rookies to each have double figure victories since 1986, I believe it was, Jim Deshays and Charlie Kerfeld. You think, well, who are the top four starters right now? You got Verlander's got a slot one, Valdez, I think, still number two, but J.B. France has been excellent, save for that one blip uh, in the game where the Red Sox routed Houston at Minute Park. But how important is this September for Christian Javier? Well, really important. For most of the season, he's been their number two starter, but he hasn't pitched like it for the last two and a half months now. Um, they've been trying to get him right with the, uh, with the fastball, which hasn't really been performing like it did last season. And those results really just aren't coming for him. And every start, it seems, has played out in a similar way where it's just a, a real grind. I mean, he throws, he's logged, I think, more than 100 pitches in four of his last five starts or something like that, but he's not getting deep into games. I mean, he's, you're seeing a lot of foul balls, you're seeing a lot of walks. Um, he's, you know, he, these are stressful innings that he's working and, and he's burning a lot of pitches without getting them uh, deep into games. It's not the sort of dominant 60% fastballs, a lot of ride blowing fastballs by guys that you saw for a lot of last season. So. He just doesn't look quite the same. I think it's a good it's a good question about what like the top four would be in a rotation right now. Obviously, you have Valdez, Verlander. I I don't know that you can necessarily go away from France just because of how consistent he's been for them. The Red Sox start in Houston was obviously very bad. Um, I think they he might have corrected something in terms of you mentioned after the start in Boston, which was a lot better. 
he just corrected something about sort of his hand positioning of his glove. I think maybe when he was coming set, there might have been some some sort of a tell there. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but he might have, you know, there might have been something to pick up. But, he, you know, he was able to make whatever adjustments he needed to make in a span of four days between facing the same team a second time and then pitched a lot better against him the second time. So his, I mean, he's just been so steady and consistent for them. And I think, you know, he, he would have to be in the conversation. Hunter, Hunter Brown is going to be uh, an interesting watch over the course of September just because he has already surpassed that, that career high innings total. His whole season has been a little bit up and down, but, you know, he, he had a pretty good start in, in Detroit. Um, I think this Yankee start will be interesting. Uh, Javier, the, you know, they say that they're, they're working on, they, you know, they're looking at film, they're kind of studying the mechanics and seeing if there's anything that they can tweak there to sort of get him back to where he was. But, but so far, it's, it's been more than two months now since he's looked like uh, the former version of himself and they're still looking for it. You talked about, yeah, he, he, he's thrown a lot of pitches, but not gone deep into the game. And as we go to September, I think it does seem to be fairly important. The bullpen has been used quite a bit this year. And when we talk about the 2022 title, the bullpen was probably the number one reason the Astros won the championship last year. It was so lights out in the postseason. I mean, Presley and Abreu, I don't believe either gave up an earned run in the postseason last year. They've been used a little bit. We saw Presley with a blip in Detroit. We won out away from victory and then Bloodsgate Gates open. That was the one game they lost on the most recent road trip. How do you think the bullpen is going to hold up? And again, you, you're trying for a division title. You don't want a wild card. You've got a chance to get a bye. The West winner is going to get a bye because the, there's no way the Twins are going to get one in the, in, the, in the Central. So it's this difference between not having to play and playing. How do you see Dusty? How much caution do you do? Or you still got to win the division title. How do you balance that? You know, they're definitely going to go for the division title. Um, their, their back three have been really strong. Um, Neris and Abreu and Presley are, are a very solid back. I mean, Neris is having a great year. Abreu is having a great year. Um, Presley has been really solid. I, I think he's 29 for 34 and save chances or something like that. Um, I, I think the two questions are workload because they've all sold a pretty heavy workload. So how much can you afford to balance that down the stretch? I, I, I don't know. That's going to be a tough question. I think <laughs> they're probably hoping that the offense continues to go off and they don't have to use those guys to lock down some of the wins that would help them a lot. Um, and the other question is just bridging to them, especially if you get to if you get some of those shorter starter outings where you need to start to play the bullpen in the sixth or the seventh, how do you get to those back end guys? Um, Phil Maton was a, sort of a bridge early in the season. Uh, he had a few blips after the all-star break and then he's coming back from the, uh, the elbow contusion. Um, so has only made one outing since then. So I think, you know, that's, that's still a little bit of a question. Kendall Graveman was their trade deadline acquisition and has sort of filled that role for them. But he left his last start or his last outing in, in Boston with some lower back discomfort. He just basically pulled up after throwing a pitch. Um, he was clearly in discomfort. I mean, he was wincing on the, on the mound. He left the game without throwing another, even a practice pitch. So um, they're, they were going to evaluate him today during the off day. And then you'll have to see kind of what that is moving forward. But I think a big question is, is whether Rafael Montero can can work his way back into some sort of a significant role. He was obviously a very valuable setup man for them last year, and then the first half of the season for him was just awful. Um, I think he, you know, his ERA at the end of June was over seven. He is quietly, and it's been in a very low pressure, low leverage role, but he has for the last two months pitched consistently better. Uh, his ERA since the beginning of July is two, three, one. And again, that has, has been a not 
very critical situations, but you did see him get into a couple games in this last road trip where they brought him in in the six with a 3-0 lead in Detroit, worked a scoreless inning. And then in Boston, uh, in the game where Presley was down because he was sick and they needed, you know, they were trying to get to Abreu for the ninth, Neris for the eighth. So they needed a way after France left in the sixth to, to get them there. Montero came in and got the last out of the sixth. They sent him back after the seventh and he was able to get through that inning with a four two uh with a four run lead. So I I I don't think yeah, he's obviously not quite back to the role that he was at last year, but if he can regain some of that trust that he had, then then he could be a valuable piece for them as well. Let's look ahead of the weekend coming up. Yankees are coming into Minute Maid Park Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night's game on ESPN, and then a uh as we were talking on the off the off mic, a quick turnaround on Labor Day. They've got a day game in Texas. Last meeting of the year between the Astros and the Rangers. And the Astros have one series left with Seattle. And it's interesting, if you're really looking down the schedule, I believe that's their next to last series because the Mariners finish Rangers, Astros, Rangers. So that week for Seattle is really going to be something as they try to build an edge going in. But uh, what are some things you look for coming up in the Shanky series? Astros won't have to face Garrett Cole. He's not in uh, set up to, to throw this weekend. Yankees, and then specifically Texas, is this a chance to finally make a statement like, hey, it was, you had a nice run here, but you're faltering and now we're going to take care. I mean, you're not going to put out of the race by the end of next week by any means, but interesting series coming up in the last matchup between these teams before the first week of September even ends. Yeah, I mean, that Rangers series is going to be, it's going to be big. One thing that's carried over or may carry over from the last time that these teams played in Houston was, you know, you saw that sort of benches clearing incident rubbing the wrong way between uh, Marcus Simeon and Martin Maldonado where they got into it a little bit at home plate and from Valdez played into that after he hit a batter and so I think I don't know if any of that is going to linger I'm sure you know the focus is going to be more on trying to win these games against him against him placing the standing but at least that infused a little bit of uh, a little bit of drama into this going into into that series I, I think another question is just because Verlander is pitching the opener Friday against the Yankees he could come back on regular rest to pitch the, the finale in Arlington on Wednesday against the Rangers. Could the Rangers maybe line Scherzer up for that game? I, I believe Scherzer is scheduled to pitch Friday for them. So, you know, if he were also, also to come back on regular rest and maybe he, he starts Wednesday, if you saw a Verlander versus Scherzer matchup, that would be, that would be pretty juicy. But I mean, all those things aside, I think you know, just the, the divisional implications, the fact that the Rangers have been struggling their bullpen has been in a real real mess lately and if the astros could go uh into that series and either win you know win two out of three or potentially sweep i mean they could put themselves in a pretty solid position i think going into the rest of september on the other hand if they were to lose that series that you know it is interesting looking at those last 10 days because because of the head-to-head matchups between the mariners and the rangers i mean there's a lot of room for things to to change uh, in those without the Astros being sort of super directly involved, aside from the three games against the Mariners, what what might help the Astros heading into that is that their schedule over the course of September is pretty favorable. I mean, they play nine games against the A's and the Royals, who are two of the worst teams in the American League. I think they um, they have a series against uh, the Padres, who, who might be you know might be out of it by then. So they they have a chance to really you know, position themselves well, I think, going into that last week to 10 days, if they're able to sort of take care of business against these teams, that they, they really should be going down the stretch. But yeah, for the, for the immediate future, I mean, the Yankees, obviously, there's always a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in that series. And then the Rangers series is going to be fun. 
But don't make any mistake, these Yankees are not the team that made the American League Championship series last year. They, and they are struggling at the plate. I look in their box scores. I mean, it's like three hits, four hits. I'm probably exaggerating, but I, yeah, not a lot. Aaron Judge really since coming back. He's hit some home runs, but he's not getting on base for a match. And I guess the question is, why should he? Because no one should ever pitch to him because he's got no support in that lineup right now. So that starts Friday at Minute Maid Park through Sunday. And then we talk about the big series with the Rangers. A lot to look forward to here in September uh, with the Astros. They try to defend that world championship. Well, it is going to be a fascinating month, and it all starts September 1st as the Yankees come in here to Minute Maid and then the series with Texas. And um, we'll see if the Astros can defend that 2022 title. We've not had a repeat champion since the Yankees did it way back at the beginning of the millennium. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We thank you for listening to this edition of the Astros Podcast, Dugout Download. Also want to give thanks to Pirate Audio for providing the production services for us. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Steve Schaefer of the Houston Chronicle, along with Matt Kalahar, our Astros beat writer, and we'll talk to you next week.